everybody and welcome to or welcome back to I Don't Care the Podcast. I'm your host Alexia Stefano, and today I did research and I really, really took my time to prepare this podcast episode. I did some Instagram polls. I um, got outside perspectives on this as well. Because this is a topic that, it's not controversial, but lots of people have different opinions on the matter. But we're not even going to get into that until after. Right now, the first thing I'm going to say is don't mind the peeling that you guys see happening on my face. I recently had a chemical peel, and so my skin is peeling from that as it should. I am day six. Yes, I'm day six um, post chemical peel and my skin other than the peeling is looking fantastic. So don't mind the peeling and it's going to go away super soon. And after tomorrow, I can start using my retinol again. So I'm super excited to get my skin better than it was before. Um, so I just wanted to let you guys know that in case you're watching and you're like, why is she shedding like a snake? Don't worry. It's supposed to happen. Um, but now we're going to talk about my I don't care of the week. Okay. On topic of the, the skin shedding, part of my I don't care of the week is putting my sunscreen on when my skin is peeling because when I'm putting my other products on it I just kind of like pat it on and it doesn't bother the peeling bits of my skin much but when I'm putting on my sunscreen because it's thick my um my skin that's peeling comes off and now I'm rubbing my dead skin everywhere and it's just so hard to properly apply my SPF when I've got this skin stuff going on. But that's part one of my I don't care. Do I have another part of my I don't care? Um, I love that I never have these prepared. Episode 32 and I still don't have it prepared. My other I don't care of the week is going to be nerves and anxiety. So a big part of my New Year's resolutions, which we're going to catch up on in a moment, is to go out and meet new people and to really hone in and work on my mental health. It's a huge part of my life and it's a big part of my future is to heal and to learn how to accept adapt work through um, problems and issues that I may have or may face and so a big thing for me is that I want to work on my social anxiety because it is something that just eats me up and it doesn't allow me to have fun like there are people that I want to see that I want to hang out with that I want to do things with and yet 
I don't because of my fears of awkwardness, because of my fears of um, not having a good time or whatever, whatever I'm even thinking just stops me completely from even attempting to have a good time because that's what social anxiety is and uh it's it's fucking exhausting i just want to go out i just want to do things i just want to have a good time without this little bitch in my head being like oh you're boring oh you're you know making a fool of yourself or oh nobody wants to talk to you or oh like whatever it is i know is not actually true but you know ah, i don't even know so um social anxiety needs to relax and just anxiety in general because it's i'm not saying i have anxiety in general everybody Everybody has forms of anxiety. We all have things that make us anxious. Yes, that's very true. Um, I do believe that if I did go to therapy, my therapist would probably tell me that I do have anxiety um, issues, and that's fine. But again, that's something I want to work on and get better and learn how to work through. Um yeah, so uh, now that I've said it out loud, um, maybe I'll start working on it more. I will go to therapy. Um, let's since I'm already talking about this, let's go back a couple weeks to my New Year's resolutions, and let's do a one month update on them and, and see how I'm doing thus far um, in 2023. So my first New Year's New Year resolution was to get better equipment and to enhance my podcast and um, auditions. And boom, check it off. I've done it. The camera that I wanted, I got. The computer that I wanted, got. We are locked and loaded um, on the equipment. Boom, number one, done. Number two, get into stocks and buying and selling. Okay, so uh, I I have gotten into buying and selling more. Um, have I successfully done it yet? No, but have I been looking into cars to buy and sell? Yes. Um, I'm pretty much on Facebook Marketplace all the time, just um, looking at certain cars that sell the most. It needs to be a clean title needs to have no more than 200, sorry, yeah, no more than 200 um, K kilometers, um, a Mazda, Toyota, Honda, and uh, prices range, no problems or few problems, um, needs to be able to resell right away. So you got to look into all these things before you can buy a car. You can't just be like, ooh, that's a nice one, let's buy it because you never know what's going to happen. So you got to look into the cars. You got to see how much you can even sell it for, how much it's really worth, what people are actually willing to spend. And you got to you gotta do all that. So I have been looking more into buying and selling, and I have not looked into stocks yet. I honestly forgot I wanted to look into stocks. 
Um, number three, journal. Get back into a healthy morning routine. Yes, I journal every night um, still, and I love it. It's it's continuously been one of the best things that I do, and I didn't know it was going to be um, as good and healthy as it is for me. I love jotting down my feelings, what I've done in the day, what things made me feel and a lot of the time I notice too that I, I don't know how to express my feelings exactly how I mean to. So even when I'm writing in a journal that I know is only going to be seen, f- f- in, you know, in my own eyes and I'm op- open and honest in it, I still um, I still have a hard time writing down what I truly mean because I don't think I know what I truly feel. And that goes back to therapy, which number four is read at least two books a month. Ugh, I've not done that yet. Um, I started reading uh, Wrong Place, Wrong Time. And then I stopped that because I'm reading my book club book, which actually is a huge part of today's main topic. So I will share that book later with you guys. Um, And then I have so many books that I need to read and I'm so excited to read and I love to read. But this month I was not successful in my read two books a month. A big part of that was a lack of motivation to read. Um, And so I'm just working on reframing my brain, prioritizing, writing those to-do lists and and making sure I, I do get my reading in. Um... So yes, I haven't achieved that goal yet, but there's still 11 months to go and I will, even if I get half the year of two books a month, that's great. The goal is to read more, period. Um, Go to different acting classes. Yes, I've been looking into new acting classes. I reached out to my agent and I was asking her what she would recommend I do what classes I go to, so I've been looking into that. Um, I've not gone to any yet. Again, we're we're three we're four weeks in. You know what I mean. So I'm looking into it, but I've not achieved it. These are New Year's resolutions. They're not one month resolutions. But the fact that I can say that I've been steadily working on things is a big improvement, and is what we all should be saying when we do reflections on our resolutions. Is This isn't achieved yet, but have I been doing the steps, the things, the routines to get me to the point of that achievement? That's why we reflect. Um, Go to therapy. I've been talking about this, haven't I? Um, So the thing is, is I I don't want to pay for therapy. So I'm not in therapy yet, but I need one more day of union work to become a full union member. I'm currently a union apprentice, so I just need one more day. And I'm a full union member with benefits. So I am crawling to my therapy appointments. I'm crawling. I am so close. I just need my benefits. And then I can't wait to go to therapy. I, um, I'm so excited to start that adventure in life and into 
gain new perspectives and to learn how to understand feelings I'm just I'm really excited to start therapy when I get those damn benefits um oh going back to uh going out and meeting more people no okay I've not done that yet I'm working on it I want to do it I I am an extrovert like I really I am once you get to know me I'm funny I'm loud I throw my hands in the air and I talk like I'm you know outside all the time and you know I'm a big personality a lot of the times people don't like that a lot of the times people think I'm too big of a personality oh fucking well I don't care I love you know my brain and I love the person who I'm becoming every day and if other people don't that's totally fine I mean I don't like most people right so why should I expect most people to like me um but I do wish that when I was in social um gatherings and places that the same confidence I have right now I had there it's not that I fake my confidence I genuinely know my worth I genuinely am a confident person but when put in positions where you feel uncomfortable uh sometimes your brain plays tricks on you so um yes I am consciously aware that I need to go out more and that I need to conquer this fear this social anxiety I'm very consciously aware of that um that's all I have to say (laughs) step one be aware boom so you know what I'm I'm pretty happy with where I'm at with those new year's resolutions We've got 11 months to grow, 11 months to reflect, 11 months to achieve. Woo! We've all got this. This is a great time after you're done listening to this podcast episode to turn it off, get off your phone for half an hour, and reflect on your resolutions, reflect on your goals. Um... What are the things that you continuously put on your resolutions? What are the things that you always say you want to do, you wish you had, you wish you did? And do it. Make it happen. Make those things happen. 2023 is the year to achieve. Now I'm going to waste no more time because we have a fully planned episode this week and I'm so excited to talk about this because it's something I'm so passionate about and it's a question that I like to you know ask a lot of people and it's a conversation that many people should be having especially in this generation when people think that uh, you know Gen Z's don't want to work it's not that we don't want to work but we want to achieve something that lots of people don't actually have and that is happiness but you know what most people do have stability so i'm going to pose this question to you right now do you prefer happiness or stability 
Now think about your answer. What do you live by? Do you live by your happiness? Do you make decisions by your happiness? Or do you make decisions by stability and what will what will be stable for you and your family? Now let me pose a second question. What would you rather you live your life by? Not what are you living your life by? What would you rather live your life by? Happiness or stability? Now just hold on to your answers the entire podcast um, episode and just see if your opinions change. See if things go aha or stand out. Just, Just hold on to your answers and reflect as we go on because this is an episode I'm really excited to indulge in. So let's just get into it. So the first thing that I'm going to do is read off some definitions of these words that I'm going to use a lot. So let's start with happiness. Happiness in psychology, a state of emotional well-being that a person experiences either in a narrow sense when good things happen in a specific moment or more broadly as a positive evaluation of one's life and accomplishments overall. That is subjective well-being. So um, that is the meaning of happiness. Now let's get into the meaning of stability. Stability, the state of being stable, just in case you guys didn't know that. Um, And then another big thing is mental stability. What's mental stability? Well, it's a sense of being in control of their personal thoughts and actions, a general sense of well-being. Friends and family are generally confident in the individual's ability to care for themselves physically, emotionally, and spiritually. They are able to stay consistent and present um, and present in their work, family, and social life. Anyone else as nervous as I was for the people watching on YouTube that I was going to light my hair on fire while reading that? I've got a candle behind me and I was like inching closer to it and I was so scared my hair was going to catch on fire, but I made it. So I find this interesting, um, the definition, just like stability even in its definition when you Google it is point blank but happiness is you know it takes a it takes you know a couple sentences to explain the meaning so i just thought that was interesting that um the definitions for happiness is longer and mental stability is longer and then stability is well obviously it's this the to be state oh my god i can't even speak it's the state of being stable Interesting. Okay. Um, so before we even get into my opinions of things, I did some questionnaires on Instagram, some polls for people to answer, and we are going to check out the results right now together. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I have been looking at the results since I posted it, so I'm not fresh, but you guys will be. So beside me, I am going to post pictures for the people watching of the 
pulse and I'm going to read it out loud anyways so you don't need to be watching. I say, the choice is yours. Option A, you can make $100,000 a year doing a stable job you are not passionate about but feel safe doing. Or option B, you can make 30k a year but doing what makes you the most happy. Six, um, 64% of people chose option B. 36% of people said option A. Now, what else I found interesting is um, three out of four voters who voted for option A, which was to make 100K a year doing something that's stable, but not that follows your pursuit of happiness. Three out of four of those voters were men. And then... Six out of seven who voted for option B were women. Now, this posed a question to me, um, and I really didn't find any answers when I was trying to Google it. So it's just still a question. I don't have any statistics. I don't have any answers. It's just, to me, I wonder, do men think more logically more matter of fact than women and if I really think about the men in my life it stands like I do believe that men think more rationally that men think more strategically now I'm just gonna say it point blank I don't think that's a good thing like I don't think thinking more strategically and more realistically is going to lead you to a happier life, a more fulfilled life. It will, though, lead you to a more stable life. So that goes back to what's more important to people, stability or happiness. And uh, just overall, I think that stability is more important to men and happiness more important to women as a general as a general statement i'm not saying every man every woman because in the next couple polls we'll see that this doesn't hold true and um there is one female here who did vote for option a and i think uh, politics might even have a thing with it but i'm not even going to go into that all i'm going to say is i happen to know that female who voted for the first option and um she's quite conservative with her political views so i don't know if that also plays a part into what people would prefer more or find more important this is pretty much a big thesis statement you know it's a thesis question what is more important to people, stability or happiness? And these points that I'm making, they're not proven for the most part. It's just a big, it's just one big questionnaire and I'm explaining my thoughts. And when I was doing research, it just led to more questions. And now I'm just taking you on the path that my brain went on. So now if we move on to question number two, I just ask, is stability more important to you than passion or happiness? 40% of people who voted said yes, stability is more important. And 60% of people said no, stability is not more important. And three out of four of the voters were men again who voted for stability. 100% of the people who voted for 
happiness over stability were women. So this proves my my point a little bit more, right? And again, this is just a general questionnaire that I did on Instagram to less than a hundred people. And um, the answers were just um, interesting. They were just really interesting for me. So let's go on to the next question. And I ask, think about your biggest dream in life. The thing you want the most. Are you working towards that dream? And I have to say, I was genuinely shocked at this result. But 100% of people said, yes, they are working towards their dream. But what I found interesting was that three voters did not vote on this specific question. We had three people, three additional people who were voting for all the other questions, but skipped this one. Now, that only leads me to wonder if they purposely did not answer this question because their answer was no, and that maybe they felt ashamed in that or not happy that their answer was no because when you pick stability you're not always picking your happiness and your passion and you're not always working towards the most important thing in your life because you're distracted by what's making you stable so um I thought that was interesting that we lost some voters with that question. And then the final poll question, I said, lastly, would you consider yourself a political, sorry, a practical person, a dreamer, a bit of both or none? And 20% of people said a dreamer. 70% of people said a little bit of both. And 10% of people said none. Again, for this, we had a split gender vote for a dreamer, one person male, one, one person female. Then five out of seven people who said both were female. And one person voted for none, and that person was a female. Now I'm going to tell you guys what my answers are. So my answer, if I could choose option A to make 100K a year doing something I'm not passionate about or option B, making 30K a year doing what I'm most happy um, doing, I would pick option B. Currently, I make barely any money a year doing what I love. So making 30K a year would be a bonus. But, um, no, for real, I really would. I would pick, um, you know, I, I would pick my passion every day. I w- would regret more than anything not doing everything in my power to achieve my goals, my passions, and the things that, to me, are my definition of happiness and a life well lived. So... Yes, I'm always going to pick passion over stability. And maybe one day it bites me in the ass. But I just have a a strong feeling that it won't. Um, Question number three. Think about your biggest dream in life. The thing that you want the most. Are you working towards that dream? Hell yes, I am. Moving on. Um, lastly, would you consider yourself a practical person, a dreamer, a bit of both or none? I'm a dreamer all the way, but here's the thing. Here's the thing about me is not only am I a dreamer, but I am a doer. 
okay? I don't just sit. I don't just sit here and dream about the life that I could live. I dream about the life that I could live. And I also do the damn work so I can live the life that I want to live. I put in the work. I do affirmations. I do auditions. I do work. I do work on myself. I do have plans. And I also am totally fine to ditch those plans if I need to. I have and I will always work for my dreams. That's the thing about practical people. They think that because they're practical that They are going to live a more fulfilled life because maybe they'll be richer or maybe they'll be CEO of a company that they never really wanted to be CEO of. But now that they are CEO, they're happy. But are they actually happy? I think they have an illusion of happiness sometimes. I think people who fully pick stability and become successful in whatever they chose to be stable in have a fake illusion of true happiness and they practical people i find tend to to view happiness on a level of success well if i am a ceo then i am very successful therefore i am rich and i am happy and that's not true. That's not how that's not how happiness works as we listen to that definition in the first place. Nowhere did the definition of of happiness say that it is based on your level of success. No, it's based on your well-being. Right? So that's what we always have to protect and what we always have to consider. When we make decisions is, well, how is this for me and my well-being? Well, how is this for my mental stability? And But the other part of it is just because I'm a dreamer doesn't mean I don't see the practicality of stuff. Just because I want to be an actress doesn't mean that I don't know that it's a very hard path to get into or that I don't know all the roadblocks or that I don't know what it takes and the statistics and whatnot. I think that's another thing that practical people think of dreamers is that they're, um, they only see one thing and that thing is their goal or their dream. And that's also not true. Just because you're a dreamer doesn't mean that you are blinded by the difficulties of a dream. It just means that you are willing to take risks and work harder and and maybe walk on the edge of a cliff every so often to achieve those goals and to be happier and stability is um staying 200 feet away from a cliff at all time knowing that if you get any closer you're at a risk of falling off and that logically why would you ever have to go closer to the cliff when you are perfectly safe and stable over here but the closer you get the more unstable the ground gets and you could just fall or you can reach the other side and be happier if you talk to people who were who lived a happy life a truly happy life 
you're going to notice that all of them took risks. All of them had a leap of faith. All of them were told that they couldn't do it, but that they proved everyone wrong. Every person who lives a happy life, a truly happy life, didn't have it any easier than the next person. And this is not a diss to stability, okay? Just because I'm a dreamer and I am down to take a risk doesn't mean that I think people who choose to stay on the safe side and the the stable side are less than. I'm just out here trying to figure out the best path to happiness. And for me, it just, it really isn't stability. Now, here's the thing. I want to be a stable, successful actress. That's, that's the, that's the goal. Is to have steady work as an actress. But if I were to pick stability right now, I wouldn't, ever be a stable actress to put it in the most simplest words we all have dreams we all do we all have things we want to do there's two paths to getting there you can pick the stability route which almost always deters people away from their main goal or you can pick that happiness which It's a curvy, bumpy ride, but eventually you will achieve your goal. With stability, picking it in the first place, you don't, you don't know if you're going to reach your goal because the likelihood of you getting distracted or comfortable is very, very high. And what we're really going to focus in now is a good life. Right? Because the question of to be stable or to be happy is just really a form of saying, what to you makes your life a good life? What to you is a good life? Now, if we look up the definition of a good life, it says um, a happy and enjoyable life. So the word happy is in in the definition of a good life it doesn't say anything about stability but if we if we um inspect it a little bit the word enjoyable is also used and you do need to have stability in a sense whatever form of stability you want to be able to enjoy things in life right stable income stable work, stable mental health, whatever. There needs to be some sort of stability in people's life to enjoy things. I think that's the other thing that might get misconstrued is when we think about our dreams, there is the option of to be stable or to be happy. But in an overall good life, you can have both. You should have both. You should be happy and stable, right? It's not that stability is this monster and that happiness is this imaginative thing that people have created. No, you should have stable happiness, right? Like that is really what the biggest end goal is. We all want to die saying that we lived a happy life and that in doing that, stability happened or vice versa and so it's not one or the other ultimately but I think it's more 
for me of the question of what would you rather put your eggs into? Like, what would you rather spend your life working towards? Because sometimes it is one or the other. But I think if you do live your life correctly, whatever the fuck that means, that you can achieve both. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to you about my book club book of the month. This is it. And um, I'm so excited to talk about it. So it's called The Art of the Good Life, 52 Surprising Shortcuts to Happiness, Wealth, and Success. Rolf DeBelli, best-selling author of The Art of Thinking Clearly. So I wanted to read to you guys his kind of basic perspective of what a good life is. Of course, this whole entire book is his definition of it and his his ways of achieving a good life. But I think um, I think I'm just going to read like a paragraph or two of a basic definition for him. What constitutes a good life? What's the role of fate? What's the role of money? Is leading a good life a question of mindset, of adapting a particular attitude, or is it more about reaching concrete life goals? Is it better to actively seek happiness or to avoid unhappiness? Each generation poses these questions anew, and somehow the answers are always fundamentally disappointing. Why? Because we're constantly searching for a single principle, a single tenant, a single rule. Yet this holy grail of the good life does not exist. Over the past few decades, a silent revolution has taken place within various fields of thought. In science, politics, economics, medicine, and many other areas, scholars have come to realize that the world is far too complicated to summarize in one big idea or handful of principles. We need a mental toolkit with a range of tools in order to understand the world, but we also need one for practical living. So there you go. Pretty much in a very, very, very brief explanation of the term good life in this book. He he just says it. There's not one way to live a good life. There's not one rule book. There's not one, one law. So, of course, to say that if you pick happiness, you're guaranteed a good life. If you pick stability, you're guaranteed a good life. If you pick neither, you're guaranteed a good life. There is no guarantee of a good life. Because there is no one way. I mean, everybody's way is different. And everybody's individual way has a bunch of different avenues of happiness and of a good life. A big part of a good life is your level of happiness, is your level of success, is your level of wealth, is your level of love. I mean, all these things constitute overall into what makes a good life. There truly is no one thing that's going to make your life good. I mean, we can all agree on that, I'm sure. So give this book a read. It's honestly super good. Some points I agree with, some points I don't. Some things I'm learning 
that I never thought of before. This It's a really good book. And I'm actually in a book club called Feed Your Mind with Louisa D'Olivera from The Hundred. She plays Amori. And this is her book club. And this is January's book. So if you guys want a really, really good uh, book club to join, that is all nonfiction books to help you learn and feed your mind, then go on Instagram and just search up Feed Your Mind Book Club and there's an Instagram page for it. Join and if you do join, say in one of the comments that you joined from this podcast episode, these books that I have behind me for the people um, listening, I have The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People behind me, I have Atomic Habits behind me, and I have Daring Greatly behind me. Every single kind of book, like the ones I just read, are different forms of people achieving a good life, um, achieving happiness, of achieving success, of achieving the things that we all want to do. These books are guidelines. So if you want to read more books on how to enhance your life, definitely, definitely, definitely join the Feed Your Mind book club. So that's what the book says about how to live a good life or, or what a good life can sort of mean. Um, but let's talk about what some random websites say about what a good life is. One website says, A good life is the kind of life that people with a lot of money are able to have. So this contradicts the book a little bit, right? Because this article is saying that money will give you a good life. And the next one is easy and enjoyable, usually um, because you have money. I I don't agree fully. I mean, I definitely agree that money... Money equals stability, right? And the beautiful thing about having money is that you feel a sense of comfort and not a sense of survival every day. You're not struggling to survive and put food in your mouth and a roof over your head every single day. You get to relax a little bit. You get to take those stresses off. And a huge thing about living a good life is reducing stress levels. So money doesn't equal a good life but sprinkling an element of having money on top of all the other things will yeah lead you to a better life lived um so another article says living in comfort and luxury with few problems or worries yeah i mean the thing with having few problems or worries is that that's never tangible that's never a thing people can have is no worries or no problems we're human beings we're all gonna have worries problems concerns things that we need to look into and address but a great book to read for balancing and structuring your worries and stresses is the seven habits of highly effective people Because there's quadrants, there's four quadrants that you can place your stress and problems into. So the four quadrants that you can live by, and it's called the management matrix, is important and urgent. 
So stresses and problems and things that should be on the forefront of your mind and that you should worry about right now in this moment, like fires, crises, pressing problems, deadlines, whatnot. The second quadrant is important but not urgent, such as prevention, relationship building, recognizing new opportunities, planning and recreation. So those things are important, but they can wait. You don't have to do them right now. You can do them on the weekend. You can do them next week. You could do them next month. And you can separate your time in doing so. Uh, So that's a good thing. And then quadrant three is not important, but urgent. So interruptions, phone calls, uh, your mailbox, if you get a delivery, um, meeting, some meetings, uh, sometimes like, you know, your children. Not that they're not important, but sometimes some shit that they can bring to you is so not important, but it can be urgent because they're overwhelmed by it or whatever. Um, and then quadrant number four is not important and not urgent. So busy work, some emails, some phone calls, time wasters, um, pleasant activities. Sometimes watching TV could be not urgent and not important. Sometimes it can be good for you. Sometimes that's a quadrant too where it's good for you but it's not urgent. So I think this is a good structure for people who deal with a lot of stress and feel overwhelmed is to put those stresses into these quadrants so you can visualize and see, okay, this I really need to work on. This can wait. This I can maybe have time for if I really want to. And these things are just not good for me overall. They can go. Sometimes um, they can, you know, your priorities can shift. So if you feel super overwhelmed and stressed about your life, then I would definitely read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People because you can learn how to um, structure and organize your life. And then it's just something that's in your brain, right? Like I just remembered, oh, I learned about the quadrants in this book. And if I ever need to... You know, if I ever feel super overwhelmed and stressed, I know that I have this tactic that can work. I think it's not about having few problems or worries, but knowing how to deal with the hard times in life that can make you live a more fulfilled, happier, good life. Now I'm going to tell you some um, people who I know. I'm not going to say their names, but uh, on Instagram, I pose the question, What to you makes a good life? And these are a few of the answers. So one answer is being happy with myself. Yes, that's a huge thing because it just dictates. I mean, if you're not happy with yourself and you're insecure and you lack self-confidence, it's going to be very, very hard for you to live a good life. Truly, because the person you are spending your entire life with, no matter what, is yourself. So you want to have a good relationship with yourself. Um, being happy. Oh, it says just to be happy. So you see, happiness 
is at the forefront of everybody's minds when it comes to living a good life. So it's something that's super important and something we should focus time on. But we also need to be conscious that there's other things that can um, contribute to your good life. Another one, another person says, no such thing as a good life, just a good attitude. This one made me think. I agree and I disagree. I agree that there is a good life that we all can live. And I think that um, we all want to live a good life. But this person's very, very right. You can be in terrible circumstances. But if you have the right attitudes, you can see the light and the positivity from it. Therefore, living a happier, better life. Um, I think living a good life is person by person my definition of what makes my life good is different than your definition and so this person's definition is that maybe you don't need to actually live a good life so long as your attitude is in the right place and that's a hundred percent hundred percent true but you can have both I think I think you can have both Um, And then another person said, to live a good life is to have freedom to do what you want with your time and being with the people you love. Freedom is huge to living a good life. And it kind of correlates back to having having a good relationship with yourself. If you don't trust yourself, you're not giving your own body the freedom to do X, Y, and Z. So that's really important. And then... This person brought up being around people you love and that made me question how important is it that you have love in a good life? So then I googled that and the answer said, love is more important than money. You work to provide for your family and yourself. Without love, there is no, there is little to inspire you to work harder or to have nicer things. There is also no one whom you can leave the things you've worked hard for in life to. And you can't take them um, with you when you pass. Okay, so love's really important. So you need happiness, you need stability, you need freedom, you need self-love, you need love to live a positive, happy, good life. And so many other things. You need a fucking dog. You need one. You will not live a good life if you don't have a dog or a pet. Okay? That's my own words. Quote me on it. When you look at the question, what makes a good life? You do... You do miss a lot of shit that is involved in that. Which is really cool and very fascinating and um, exciting. So... Then I asked if we go back to the poll and um, the poll question about would you prefer happiness or stability? Um, Three out of four people, sorry, four people voted stability. So I asked why pick stability over happiness? And some of the, the answers that I got here, what makes you happy and passionate you can do on the side so you can do it on your spare time i hate that personally i do i know it's something that so many people believe and it's not wrong but for me in my own life i will not 
be fulfilled enough if I um, act on the side, if I only act in classes or commercials or background or do it half fast. I just, for me personally, I will not get the same fulfillment. Um, But if you do, if you can be in a stable nine to five or whatever and be happy and fulfilled and working on your passions on your spare time, that's golden. That's great. Just for me in my life, it it's not that simple for me. And then um, someone said, it can be hard to enjoy what you're passionate about when you're financially stressed. Yes, absolutely. There is a burden always of finances. Oh my gosh, right? We all hate them. We all have to deal with it. Taxes. Guess what? 45% of my paychecks don't go to me. So I get it. You know, it's not great. Um, but it's worth it. It's worth it for me. Um, there is a safety net that people feel when they choose stability. I could go for my dreams and work harder for this, but I know that I can make money here and level up as the years go on. Okay. So it's risk-free. Stability is risk-free. Right? The, the chances that you lose your job are much slimmer than if you take a chance to be an actress or to be an astronaut or to, you know, work for Elon Musk. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's, uh, for, for me, it's, it's really an easy choice. And I have the luxury of living at home with my mom. So I don't have to pay for, you know, my own food or anything really, right? I pay for the things that I want. I have that luxury and I use that to be able to, follow my dreams and work harder and I understand lots of people don't have this luxury and so I say this with a different perspective because I'm I'm not constantly worried about my financials I am worried about them but it's not a pressing matter for me my financials are quadrant two they're important but not urgent and for a lot of people for most people they're quadrant one they're important and urgent so because it's sitting in a quadrant two for me that's a luxury I know it and I'm blessed for that and thank you mother truly because she's helping me reach my dreams and the great thing is is when I do achieve my dreams and I get a hefty paycheck one day and those hefty paychecks become stable she will get an Audi okay and anything else that she wants and she won't have to pay her bills and she won't have to you know worry about finances because I'll take care of it because she gave me these luxuries now okay per I'm excited for that and I'm sure she is too um so I I'm just gonna close it off by saying that I I'm so happy with the decisions that I'm making with my life. 
And I'm 19. So things could go wrong, but they're not. Because things are always going to go wrong. It doesn't matter. You can't be scared of failing. You can't be scared of something happening, a problem, or or something really fucking up your life for a short period of time. It's not about the problem. It's not about the worry. It's not about the risk. Those things are inevitable. But it's what you do to come out on top of it. Do you come out on top of it? So you don't prepare for failure. Prepare for the hard work to get back to success. If we constantly worry about fear, about failing, we're never going to learn. We're never going to experience. It comes back to my favorite quote ever on this planet. Why tiptoe through life to arrive safely at death? And, you know, to full circle this podcast episode, to bring it back to my social anxiety, it's not easy. I get it because I say that quote to myself all the time. Alexia, why be afraid when you're going to die anyways? Just do it. Just go out there. Just meet people. Just talk to people. Just say what you want to fucking say. Yeah, I know. I tell myself this. It's not that easy to actually listen. I understand. But it's easy for me to listen to my own advice when it comes to my career. So if you give yourself advice and you find it easier to take on certain topics than others, then take it when you can, you know? We're not perfect all the time. We're never perfect, really. And so to wrap this up, I'm just going to say... I hope that you live your version of a good life and I hope that you aren't afraid of failure because failure equals learning and new opportunities and it's just telling you that you are trying and you're doing a good job. So continue living your version of a good life and if you don't find yourself on that correct path or the path that you want to, reflect, make goals, write lists, go to therapy, do the work to get yourself on the right path. Ah, That's all she wrote. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'll see you next week. Bye.